Good afternoon, Producer Susan. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Georgie Joe. How was your holiday? I did. We had some people over. I stayed off the highways. Like I, I, I watched all the people sitting in traffic. How about yourself? Uh, yeah, stayed local, did some yard work, went to uh, celebrate Memorial Day in the birthplace of its uh, creation. Ballsburg, Pennsylvania? Ballsburg, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. I got it. I understand. Yeah, there was a, I think I sent you some things that one of the TV, one of the radio talk show hosts uh, has incorrectly said that it was uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Don't get me wrong. In uh, May of 65, the slaves in Charleston, South Carolina, the freed slaves in Charleston, South began decorating the, the graves of the Union soldiers. But in Ballsburg, some women began doing it in October of 1964. So yep. they actually were six months ahead of those freed slaves. So, uh, but hey, it was it's good either way. It's just great. So, um, you know, I'm going to try to get, got a ton of stuff, you know, as usual, I had to figure out what I didn't want to talk about today. I had to delete three or four things. I'm going to try to get to uh, more detail on that Timu shopping app that we couldn't get to last week. Uh, but anyway, um, for those who want to know what, uh, when we're recording this, today is May 30th, uh, the Tuesday after Memorial Day. Uh, it's the situation with Jersey Joe. It's news and perspective you won't hear on TV. I was going to do a quote of the week from Aristotle on fools, um, but um, because of the the debt ceiling legislation that was agreed to and is going to be voted on tomorrow, uh, I'm going to repeat. I think I've done this one before. I'm going to repeat a quote of the week from Benjamin Franklin on poverty, and then I'm going to try to tie that quote into the uh, quote work requirement. That everybody got so upset about in the uh, in the debt ceiling bill. You've heard about what people refer to as the work requirement. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, and I think the Benjamin Franklin bill uh, quote is very relevant to that so-called work requirement. Um, and the stupidest thing I've heard all week. I'm going to tell you how the Department of Homeland Security spent three hundred fifty thousand dollars of your tax dollars. Um, yeah, everybody says, oh, yeah, all the other developed countries have free universal health care. That's what we need, free universal health care. By the way, it's not free. Uh, most of those countries that have it, I think we've covered, uh, have enormous taxes. They've got 25% federal sales tax. They've got income tax rates that are three times what we pay here in the U.S. And I'm going to play a three-minute video clip from a Canadian woman who explains why uh, Canada's, quote, free universal health care system falls far short of delivering what was promised. Uh, we're going to tell you how much money the U.S. has to borrow every every minute to fund this year's projected 1.6 trillion budget deficit. Even with these uh, cost reductions and whatnot, the U.S. is still going to rack up 1.6 trillion deficit. In other words, we're going to spend 1.6 trillion more than we took in. Um, in our science minute, we'll tell you why hybrid vehicles are 37 times uh, better for the environment than a, than 100% electric EV. Uh, we'll try to get to the dangers of the Timu shopping app that we talked briefly about last week. And our taxpayer release shot is from Houston, where a thug brings a stick to a gunfight with a, with a store clerk who happens to be armed. How do you think that one turns out? Uh, I'm going to guess it uh, was stopped by a good citizen with a gun. Yeah, it doesn't turn out well for the guy with the stick. All right. So here's a quote by Benjamin Franklin. Um, and I think I've done this one maybe six months ago, but I'm going to do it again. And if I did, I'm going to do it again and then tie it into the work requirement. So here's his quote. And this is from more than 200 years ago. And he said, I am, I am all for doing good for the poor, but I think the best way of doing good for the poor is not making them easy in poverty, but leading or driving them out of it. 
I have observed that the more public provisions were made for the poor, the less they provided for themselves and, of course, became poorer. And on the, on, on the contrary, the less that was done for them, the more they did for themselves and became richer as a result. So what do you think? Would you agree with Franklin's observations? Absolutely. So how does you, how do you think that uh, that quote relates to the quote the work provision in the latest version of the debt ceiling bill that's going to be voted on tomorrow? You know, I think everybody, you know, food food stamps I think is is in uh, other supplemental benefits um for those who need it. I think all of those people have something they can offer the workforce whether you have a disability or, or whatever your case may be. I, I have so many examples of people I personally know who have a disability and are contributing members of society. Uh, agreed. But by the way, the uh, the so-called work in, in, uh, requirement, I'm going to tell you why it's not even a work requirement. First of all, only applies to abled-bodied individuals between the ages of 18 and 50. So if you have some sort of disability, if you're on social security, there's no requirement to participate in any of these things I'm gonna rattle off. So first of all, but I agree with you. I mean, I've, I've worked side by side with people who have, you know, have all sorts of disabilities, but first of all, this so-called work requirement only applies to quote, abled bodied individuals between the ages of 18 and 50 who are also not caregivers which means no mothers with children, nobody caring for an aged grandparent, nobody with a disabled spouse. So 18 to 50, abled body, and you're not a caregiver. Now, here are the three options. Number one, and it only it, it, initially they wanted to apply to both Medicaid, which is basically free medical care, and food stamps. Now it's just the, the, the compromise was just food stamps, which is technically SNAP, a supplementary nutrition um, S, S, N, supplementary nutrition, um, forgetting what the AP stands for, but assistance program, I'm sorry, uh, supplemental program. nutrition assistance, assistance program. program, SNAP benefits. So here are the three options, which are number one, work at least 20 hours per week, not even full-time job, just part-time job, 20 hours a week, or two enroll in a free state-sponsored job training program or, th or, th or number three, perform uh, 20 hours of volunteer community service work per week. So work 20 hours a week, enroll in free state-sponsored sponsored job training, or perform 20 hours of community service. So my question is, if you are in fact an able-bodied individual between the ages of 18 and 50, and you're not responsible for the care of another person, what reasonable and logical objection could you have uh, for complying with one of those three options? Can you think of any? Because uh, you're lazy. <laughs> but I said reasonable and logical. Okay. <laughs> Wasn't it? And this is, goes back several years. I can't remember the state. Um, and this, I guess, obviously applies to state benefits. Was it Maine or New Hampshire, Vermont, one of the northern New England states that did implement um, some sort of parameters for people to receive some benefits that they had to, like you said, either have a part-time job or even volunteer work that would alleviate some burden on some. I, I, be I believe it was... I believe it was Maine, mm -hmm. uh, and they had a they had a, some tremendous amount of people fall off the rolls. I think it was like sixty percent, and the vast majority of those actually found gainful full time employment. Yeah. So, um, so but so it's not so the way I look at it, well they, they're going to be kicking people off food. No, the way I look at it, people would be opting. Nobody's getting kicked off. 
Um, if you don't want to do one of those three things, you're basically opting out. You know, if you prefer to sit home and watch the prices right, then you're opting out of of, of SNAP benefits. Because uh, I don't see anything. I don't know where you live, but I mean, you can even if you live in some podunk little town, you can still do community service work 20 hours a week. Mm -hmm. So, uh, again, the bill is not kicking anybody off. Uh, food stamps are basically if they don't want to do one of those three options, then they're basically opting out. So did you have anything you want to add add to that? No, I think, uh, you know, people should people that are able and even those with a disability that are able because part of the ADA is making reasonable accommodations for your That's disability right. is you can become a, a successful contributing member of society, whether that's for a paycheck or for volunteer work. And those volunteer positions usually help to alleviate the social system. Right. And let's say that you're confined to a wheelchair or you have a, a, a vision disability. You know how many people like that work in call centers? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, I, I mean, but again, but but that requirement wouldn't even apply to somebody uh, who was in a wheelchair wouldn't even apply to them because no, re employers are required to make reasonable accommodations. Uh, I agree, and and I and as as you know, and as I've worked next to, I've worked next to you know dozens of people with disabilities. But the but that those requirements don't even apply to people who could could do that because technically, um, under the definition of able body, they wouldn't even qualify as able body. So that's where that bill is. Hopefully, it gets passed tomorrow because today is Tuesday. Uh, the bill is up for a vote on Wednesday, so hopefully it will fly through the uh, House. You'll probably have five or six Republicans who are just, you know, got their panties in a wad. They won't vote for it, but I think you'll have uh, the majority of Democrats will vote for it. So it should fly through both the, the House and the Senate. All right. You want to move on to the stupidest thing I've heard all Let's week? Let's do it. What was the stupidest thing you heard this week? All right. So the Department of Homeland Security, DHS. Um gave and by the way now remember this is biden says we don't have one dollar we can cut right you know there's nothing we can cut you know every dollar we spend is you know helps people well the department of homelands now keep that that quote in mind that that you know we're already cut to the bone the department of homeland security uh, gave a three hundred and fifty two thousand dollar grant um titled Targeted Violence and Terrorism Prevention Grant. Pro Actually, this is, they have a whole program. This is, they have a whole program that gives you, this is just one. They have a Targeted Violence and Terrorism Prevention Grant program. And that program, one of the grants, just one that that program gave was $352,000 to the University of Dayton project as part of an effort to develop and implement modules on the risks and of protective factors for radicalization to violence related to media literacy and online critical thinking students. Was that a mouthful? That's a mouthful. I'm trying, I was trying to follow what, what you were actually saying as you were saying it. So let me read, let me read them. Uh, let me read that again so people can, I'm going to say it slowly, as part of an effort to quote, develop and implement modules on the risks of and protective factors for radicalization to violence related to media literacy and online critical thinking for students. I'm not even sure. I've got a college education. I'm not even sure I understand what that means. 
I, I'm with you. I, I'm, I, I lost you after like the first 10 words. Okay. <laughs> so, so you know what that study produced? What? Have you seen the food pyramid? Yes. You know, the, the, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They produced that for 352. First of all, why are we, why are we giving more than a quarter of a million dollars to a college to produce something? Do we really, first of all, did we really need some college to produce mm -hmm. this for us? Uh, but anyway, it, so the college produced a, a graphic, a pyramid graphic titled the pyramid of far right radicalization that said, you know, here's how people get radicalized. So they've got all these different levels on the period. This pyramid grouped organizations such as I'm going to say them slowly. Now, by the way, at the top of the period, you've got things like the American Nazi Party, the white supremacist groups as the Aryan Nation and anti-government anarchist groups such as the Oath Keepers, right? This is there yeah. right, right at the top of the period. You know who's about in the middle of the period? In the, the middle of the period, the middle of the pyramid? Yeah, who's in the middle of the pyramid? Prager University, uh, the NRA, the Heritage Foundation. Uh, you've even got in here Fox News, huh. um, the Republican National Convention. Can you imagine you've got a... A, a turning point USA, Quillette, which is a pretty much of a, a nonpartisan. I mean, here you got this quote: a pyramid of radicalizing uh, media sources, and they're including the Republican National Convention, Fox News, the Heritage Foundation, Prager University, Breitbart, Turning Point USA, grouped in with people like uh, the American Nazi Party. Okay, I mean, it yeah. just blows my mind. Um, and we pay for this. And we paid three hundred fifty-two thousand dollars. And remember, this is a pro. This is just one of many, because the the Department of Homeland Security has an entire uh, program that hands out grants like this. First of all, did we really need this pyramid to begin with? No, no. And the, the in the terms of the quality of what they turned out, do you do you think this pyramid grouping the Fox News and Republican National Committee as part of a radicalization? Uh, yeah, I don't think you should be placing people like. Fox News or any, well, most of the news outlets that are mainstream anyway, in the same group as those, you know, American Nazi Party and Aryan. Yeah, they, they don't belong in the same group. They don't. All right. It just blows my mind. Hey, That's I want tax dollars at work, ladies and gentlemen. Your tax dollars at work. All right. Uh, I want to play. Everybody says, oh, you know, look, all the other countries have, you know, all the other countries have, uh, you know, free health care, you know, uh, they call it free, but it's it's incredibly expensive. So it's really not free. But here's this uh, Canadian woman explaining why uh, you really don't want to mimic what Canada has done. Here we go. Whoop! Hang on. It would help if I unmute this. Let me let me back it up. To all Americans that think Canadian socialized universal health care is a solution to all your problems. Canadian here, and I'm going to let you in on my lived experience with the Canadian healthcare system. I'm going to preface this by saying that this isn't the experience of all Canadians, but unfortunately, it is the experience of many. There seems to be a misconception that everything is free here. It isn't. Dental, vision, prescriptions, and all forms of therapy are all paid for out of pocket unless you have some form of health insurance. We also pay a crazy amount in taxes. 
Canada has a population of 38 million people, which is roughly the size of California, and one in five people don't have access to a family doctor, which is roughly six million people. Imagine one in five people live in a place where they don't have access to a family doctor. Yeah. Here we And it's not because they can't afford it. It's because available doctors simply do not exist. And you can't just walk into a clinic and ask for a doctor. They all have signs up that say not accepting new patients. And she's showing a sign of the new. No. Instead, you need to contact the government to be placed on a wait list. And in my town, you could be waiting at least five years. And if you're. So there's a doctor in your town, but there's a five year wait list to see the doctor in your town. You're lucky enough to finally land a doctor, but that doctor is awful, which in a lot of cases they are. Too bad. You get what you get. We do not have the luxury of choice here. Due to the extreme lack of family doctors, our emergency departments are extremely clogged. You could be waiting up to 20 hours or more to receive care. Because of the wait times in the emergency department, people are losing their lives. And unfortunately, this is one of the latest heartbreaking stories. And she's showing a, a news headline. If you ever need an ambulance, good luck, because we have a shortage. She's showing another sign of another. And sometimes there's not a single ambulance available at all for my entire province of a million people. And she's showing another sign. Have cancer or need specialists for other medical conditions? Good luck. Another sign, another new Need blood center. work? Well, that's too bad because there are zero appointments available. Need a psychiatrist? Well, that's too bad because there's a two-year wait list. But hey, if you want medical Imagine you're suicidal and you want to see us and you think you, and yeah. somebody says, uh, we're trying to get you an appointment with a psychiatrist because you're suicidal. And by all these pauses, she's showing newspaper headlines of people dying in an emergency literally and dying in emergency the link rooms. to this we'll post the link to this on your website yeah dying in dying in waiting rooms dying waiting for an ambulance assistance in unaliving yourself the government is more than willing to facilitate that and will even suggest it but by the way uh, she said unaliving yourself in other words if that, you want that's assist, the new politically correct term is unalive yourself i'm gonna i'm gonna back that up so you can hear okay here we go. Need a psychiatrist? Well, that's too bad because there's a two-year wait list. But hey, if you want medical assistance in unaliving yourself, the government is more than willing to facilitate that and will even suggest it. And she's showing somebody who does, who uh... And that really is a testament to how well the system is working, that the government is actually asking us to unalive ourselves. Got to ease the burden on the system somehow, right? And another testament to how well our system works is how many Canadians have to raise money so they can go to the U.S. for health care that they cannot receive in Canada. Another headline. If socialized medicine doesn't work in a country with 38 million people, how do you expect it to function in a country with 330 million people? I understand your system has its faults, but please stop listening to people like Bernie Sanders and AOC. They're nothing but snake oil salesmen selling a pipe dream. Socialized medicine isn't the answer for your problems. It's too expensive to uphold. And ultimately, it's a failed system. Now, by the way, uh, do you know why there's a short of doctor, shortage of doctors, not only in Canada, but in places like the United Kingdom? 
Uh, there's also a shortage of doctors in the United States, and we don't have social health care here yet. But you know what's even worse in those countries? Probably because they're not making the salaries that some that's, doctors can make in America. That's right. The government we also have a shortage. Absolutely correct. The government caps what those doctors get paid. So, you know, at least here in the U.S., okay, um, I'm going to borrow, you know, 180000 to complete, you know, eight years, you know, four years of college and four years of medical school. But, you know, I'll be able to make $300,000 a year. Would you study, would you go to college till you were 27, 27 years uh -huh. old, uh, you know, and to find out, oh, we're only going to let you make $110,000 a year? Yeah. And, and it's not just human doctors, by the way. There's a veterinarian shortage in this country as well. Right. But at least here, the people who elect to do that know that, OK, but I can really make some good money. So, yes, I'll spend yeah. eight years of my life in school, you know, another year uh, yeah. internship, you know, because there's a you know, there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow in the UK. And, you know, by the way, the doctors are either people are either not going into medical school or they're going to medical school and then leaving the country where they going to other countries like the U.S. where they can, mm -hmm. you know, make a decent salary. So. That's uh, so producer Susan, if you could put that link up on the website, I think yeah, it absolutely. A, would a, it's, a, it's a great video because every pause, she was showing a headline to mm -hmm. illustrate her point about people dying in waiting rooms, people dying because the ambulance, because there's no ambulance to take them to a hospital. Um, so uh, it's just a great thing to watch. And, and unless you can read some of those headlines she was showing, you really can't appreciate some of the things she was talking about. All right. So let's talk about how much money the u.s needs and to by the way it is not free health care your taxes are paying for it right she mentioned that right up front they that they are paying an ungodly amount of taxes mm -hmm. uh, and i think i've covered that before the typical u.s family pays about seven percent of their gross income in taxes in most european countries that number is 30 percent, and that's in addition to a 20 25 percent uh federal sales tax which is called a VAT or value added tax so mm -hmm. it's not free they pay for it all right. So U.S. budget deficit this year is projected to come in at $1.6 meaning we're going to spend $1.6 more than we take in the taxes. Now, um, I did some math being an engineer. I said, OK, well, let me figure out how much we have to borrow every every month, every hour. So here's um, so do you know how much we have to borrow every day to fund a $1.6 trillion deficit? I think it's a billion. I don't know the exact number. I can't do the math in my head. 4.4 billion per billion. day, which works out to $183 million per hour, which works out to $3.1 million per minute. Every minute, we have to borrow $3 million to pay for that. And if you want to break it down to the second, $3 million a minute is $50,000 a second is what the United States has to borrow to continue funding the deficit that it's operating on. And you know how we borrow that money? Uh, through other countries and through and through uh, bonds. To, uh, right, we sell, we sell interest-bearing treasury bonds. Um, and by the way, the interest alone on, on the treasury bonds, I think I covered this a couple of months ago. Uh, this year, we're probably going to be looking at, at almost a half a trillion dollars just on the in, on interest payments on the, on the money that we borrowed so far. 500 billion in interest. So these numbers I rattled off is not, this is not the money for the interest. This is simply the money we have to borrow. We're borrowing $3 million a minute or $50,000 per second to continue to fund uh, the government the way it's currently structured. Uh, it was just, it, 
blows my mind. All right, read an intro. Here's our science minute. Um, a story came out about how EVs are number one, extraordinarily more dangerous. Mm -hmm. um, and did I did I talk last week about why getting hit by an EV is, is going to cause more damage and more injuries? Uh I think, I don't know if we discussed it uh, last week or not, but it's been, one because of the weight. Right. The the um, the equation for kinetic energy, if, for those of you who are not engineers, is kinetic energy, which means the energy in an impact is one half mass times velocity squared. Well, a typical EV, um, you know, for if a regular pickup truck weighs 6,000, an EV is going to weigh 9,000. So, and here's an example if I take two balls of the same size, same velocity, would you rather get hit with a baseball or a tennis ball? A tennis ball. If I have two balls of the same size, one's a, one's a ping pong ball, the other's a golf ball. So they're both traveling the same speed. They're both the same size. Would you rather get hit by the golf ball or the ping pong ball? Ping pong ball. Right. So that's where the, the, the weight of the vehicle comes in. So when an EV hits you or hits another vehicle because it weighs 50% more, than a standard vehicle, it does a lot more damage. Uh, you're most more likely to be injured or killed in a collision with an EV. But something else comes up. So, and this comes to uh, so if we but if we put that injury fa injury and death factor aside, uh, and, and I think I've said this in the past, I am not opposed to all electric vehicles. I think EVs is a second car. I think EVs make a second car. You know, particularly if it's a small, you know, around town, go to the grocery store car. I think EVs make it. Commuting back state. and forth to work. Getting you know, back and forth to the train station. Uh, but these giant, uh, you know, these giant, uh, you know, pickup trucks and whatnot, or these big Yukons uh, uh, and Suburbans, I, I just think uh, not only are they dangerous, um, but here's what Toyota has. Toyota has something they call the 1690 rule. Toyota scientists have calculated the amount of raw materials needed to make a long-range electric vehicle could instead be used to make uh, either of the following, either six pure plug-in hybrid vehicles or 90 hybrids. And by a, 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 a plug-in, a, a plug-in hybrid is a hybrid that you have to plug in. But a pure hybrid, which has got a small engine plus some batteries, can you imagine with the batteries it would take to make one pickup, you could make 90 gas EV hybrid vehicles. So here's the quote from Toyota. The overall carbon reduction of those 90 hybrid vehicles over their lifetimes is 37 times as much as a single battery EV. Think about that. Even though it's got a, a small engine that occasionally turns on, turns off, even burning the gas, the overall carbon reduction of those 90 hybrids over their lifetimes is 37 times, um, uh, the reduction is 37 times as much as a, as a single pure electric EV. It's just stunning. And that's from Toyota. That's not some right wing. That's not from, who are those organizations we talked about in that that's not from yeah. the Prager University or Breitbart or Fox News. That's from Toyota. Um, it's just mind blowing. And you know, and we've discussed. You know, this you said the state of New Jersey, the entire state of New Jersey is a metro area of either New York City or Philadelphia. So a large number of people who live in New Jersey commute 
30, 45, 60 minutes to the city, to either city, to New York City or to Philadelphia. EVs are fantastic for that purpose. And those hybrids are great because you yeah. have the flexibility of both. And the nice thing about a hybrid, if you want to go, you know, we've already talked about this. If you want to go cross country uh, in a pure EV, you're only going to go depending on, and we all, we talked about how cold weather reduces their range. Um, so we've already talked about, you know, why, why, um, you know, why pure electric vehicles are less than optimal for cross country. With a hybrid, it's half gas, half electric. You can go, other than stopping for gas occasionally, you can go virtually, you know, nonstop cross country in a hybrid EV. So as a, even a cross country vehicle, given the fact that they're more environmentally friendly, even though they burn a little gas, I, I think a hybrid is even a better choice, particularly if you're only going to have one car in the family. So mm -hmm. that's where we stand with that. Um, all right, you want to move on to Timo? Timo. Let's do it. All right, so last week I briefly mentioned why you why you shouldn't download or use the Timo shopping app on your phone. Uh, and again, they even ran a Super Bowl ad, and, and literally millions of people have downloaded and used the Timo the uh, the discount shopping app. But go now. You ever heard of uh, Kim Commando? Uh, no. Kim Commando is kind of a computer guru. She's actually got a radio show on the weekends. Uh, Kim Commando, she's got a nationally syndicated show. Millions of people follow her. And she does reviews and she does all sorts of things. Here's what she said about Timu. She said, and this was on her nationally syndicated show, stop before you shop. Seemingly overnight, everyone's talking about Timu. Um, that seems that boasts deals that seem too good to be true, like $17 wireless earbuds, $1 gold necklaces, and $23 wedding dresses. Over 50 million Americans have downloaded Timo since it launched stateside in September of 2002, which was, what, seven months ago, eight months ago? After it gained traction with an expensive Super Bowl ad promising to let you, quote, shop like a billionaire, today Timo is the most popular shopping act app in the U.S. behind Amazon, but most of us know little about the app's origin. Um, so I did some digging, and as it turns out, yes, you probably should be concerned. Here's what you found out. This isn't some fly-by-night operation. Timo is based in Boston, Massachusetts by PDD Holdings, which is traded on the NASDAQ exchange, the NASDAQ stock exchange. PDD is headquartered in Shanghai, China. PDD also owns the e-commerce platform Pindudua, Pindudua, headquartered in, you guessed it, China. So Timo is a communist China-based app and site. Here's what you need to know before using Timo. First, you're buying goods directly from manufacturers in China and other parts of the world. That's why shipping times are often 12 days or longer. The prices are low because the goods are cheap. The pictures of what you see advertised may not be what you actually get. Timo's Better Business BBB, Better Business Bureau rating, is 2.2 out of five. Reviews at Trustpilot are interesting with 38% five-star and 41% giving them a one-star review, but that's not the worst of it. Timu is downright dangerous. The app is clever, is a clever, pervasive digital stalker. As you shop, Timu monitors your activity on other apps, tracks your notifications and locations, and even changes settings on your phone. It gets worse. Timu gains full access to all of your contacts, calendars, and photo albums, plus all your social media accounts, chats, and texts. In other words, literally everything on your phone. 
No shopping act needs that this much control, especially one tied to a communist China. To communist China. If you're using Timu, delete the app from your phone ASAP. But wait, there's more. Timu's sister app was removed from Google Play because of malware. Do not buy from this com company or their app. And Producer Sue, I know you're pretty savvy when it comes to social media and, and apps. Any thoughts on that warning about Timu? Yeah, uh, so I'm sure you probably have a local uh, Facebook marketplace, not even marketplace, but like the free, you know, uh, it's not even for sale. It's just like, hey, I'm, I'm cleaning out my closet. I have this stuff for free. Come get it. Uh, there's a, a woman in my neighborhood. She had put out some earrings that she bought from a local mom and pop store. And I'm all about supporting mom and pop companies, stores in your local community. But apparently this, this local mom and pop shop bought their products from Timu for like $1.79 and then sold it for $15. Now, many women who wear, she, so she was getting rid of the stuff because she had a terrible infection in her ear. They were earrings she bought. And many women who buy, you know, cheap jewelry, it's, it's the nickel that makes your ears turn green or your fingers right. turn green. She had a terrible infection. So Lord knows what kind of metal was in these earrings <sighs> that she bought. So mom and pop businesses don't buy from them either and okay. try to resell it. Yeah. And by the way, I had Google Timo just to check up. You know what happened after I Google Timo? I'm sure you're getting a whole bunch of pop-up ads now. I'm getting pop-up ads from Timo. I didn't even, I don't have the app. I just simply Googled them, you know, to learn more about Timo. And now I'm getting pop-up ads on my on my computer screen from Timo. Because Alexa's listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, how much time we got? Uh, yeah, you only have five minutes. So let's move on to your taxpayer relief shot. All right, and for those who don't know what a taxpayer relief shot is, I'll let the sheriff of Santa Rosa County, Florida, explain it to you. And here we go. Somebody's breaking in your house, you're more than welcome to shoot them in Santa Rosa County. We prefer that you do, actually. Hopefully, you'll save the taxpayers money. Anyway, we got, a, we got some more. We got another sheriff, but we don't have time to play him. So anyway, uh, and you can't see the video, but let me tell you what happened. So this guy comes into the smoke shop with it and, and starts a fight with the shop employee. The shop employee tries to get away from him. And the smoke shop is in a shopping plaza that has one of these walk-in urgent care centers. Um, so the, the, the store employee goes outside. He's, he's been hit. He's bleeding. And he's trying to get away from this guy with the stick and to go to the ER. The guy follows him out and continues to beat him. Well, Guess what? The, the the store employee had a gun in his in his uh, in a in a concealed carry all the time. Was being hit by the stick and didn't use it until this guy kind of pushed his luck too far. So here's what happens with this guy. But a man who walked in and attacked him. KPRC News Candace Burns joining us from the outside of the store on West FM 1960, where investigators have just given an update on what happened. An active scene behind me, Harris County investigators have blocked off this entire parking lot. No cars have been allowed to come in or go out since they've been here for hours investigating. We know that there was an altercation at a smoke shop here, that brick building in the back. Um, a suspect came in and we are told argued with an employee at that smoke shop. That employee was attacked once in the smoke shop, again in the parking lot, and a third time inside that emergency center. This is the aftermath of a violent scene that played out in the shopping center parking lot at the corner of Cypress Creek Parkway and FM 1960. Investigators say it happened around 5 p.m. 
Upon their arrival, they located a, a single male who had been shot multiple times. That male was transported to an area hospital where he's pronounced deceased. According to Harris County deputies, it started as an altercation inside the smoke shop. Our investigation indicates that this male that was shot had entered a smoke shop here at the location and began attacking the employee. Investigators say the employee tried to run and was attacked a second time in the parking lot. At this point, the employee produced a handgun and shot this male multiple times. But investigators say the attack continued. Oh, wait. So, so let, let, I want to make sure you get this. So he, he shot the, so first the guy begins attacking him in the store. He leaves. The, so the, so the, the guy follows him in the parking lot. And finally, as he's beat, attacking him a second time, the store clerk shoots him twice, but that's not enough. The guy with the stick says, oh, I don't care that you shot me. And here we go. Speaking with investigators right now, uh, we don't anticipate any kind of charges at this point. Uh, once the case is complete, well, that's where that male collapsed. He was treated by the uh, The employee then retreated inside the emergency room uh, where this male followed him in continued to come after him and uh, our victim shot this uh, male at least two more times inside the yard. Now, I'll, I'll pause it right there. So, so you're the guy with the stick and the guy finally shoots you twice and then, you know, goes into the ER to be treated for the, he's bleeding. Would you have followed him into the uh, urgent care center after yeah. he's already shot you twice? No. <laughs> So that's our taxpayer relief shot. Um, guy with a stick just doesn't know when to quit. Uh, <laughs> and as, as, as the uh, chief detective says here, no charges will be fired. Well, duh. <laughs> and um, so anyway, so uh, you think, uh, I mean, if, if they'd file charges, obviously, they, you know, it, it would have been absurd. That, well, that would have been the stupidest thing I've heard all week. But yeah, guy with a stick, you get shot twice. And you can't take a hint. You you follow the guy with the gun into the ER, yeah, or into the urgent care, and you keep beating him. And he finally turns around and says, "That's it. Shoot you twice more." All right. Yeah. So you think that's a good taxpayer relief shot? Uh, yeah, that was certainly an interesting one. I think. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyway, we're running out of time, so I want to thank all of you who listen to the podcast for giving up thirty minutes out of your busy day to listen to me ramble on about things I find of interest and importance. Um, if you want to see some of the materials and, uh, materials and story links you heard me talk about today, producer Susan's going to put them up on the website, which you can find uh, the Jersey Joe website is uh, jerseyjoe.com and Jersey is J-E-R as in Robert, Z as in Zebra, E-E, J-E-R-Z-E-E. -E. Um, if you want to send me an email with any questions, by the way, I got a bunch of uh, interesting comments and uh, complimentary comments. Uh, my email is simply joe at jerseyjoejot.com. Just remember to spell jersey with an R and a Z and two E's. Uh, other than that, uh, I've got nothing else. Producer Susan, anything no, you I think uh, New Jersey uh, primaries are coming up, what, next week, next Tuesday? Or the I got my, got my ballots in the mail, and I'm and I'm uh, ready to start doing my research on our on our judges and uh, prosecutors. So uh, after and as we know, these primaries are very important, even though it's not glamorous like a presidential election. If you want to keep thugs off the street, vote. make sure you be careful who you vote for for judges and prosecutors. Yep. All right. Talk to you next week, Producer Sue. Take Have care. a good week. You do.